Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome back to We Watched a Thing. I'm Billy, as always, joined by my faithful companion, Toph. How you doing, buddy? Again, if you ask people how they're doing, they can't respond, mate. Didn't I only ask you how you're doing? Nope. Did I ask the audience again? Sure did. <laughs> do you want to, should we go from the top? I mean, I appreciate the sentiment, and I'm sure they do too. Well, I do care how our listeners are going, even if they can't. Well, you know what? They can respond. Hop on them Twitters or that email. Let me know how you're going, listeners. I mean, if you want to get this... in touch with the podcast, you can reach us at... <laughs> no, no, you, no, don't, comes you the... don't even know the email address. I know the email address. <laughs> no, this is I just... checked it this week. This Oh, did you? This is just a friendly check-in. This is just... Think of me as just... I'm like a therapist, but untrained, but I'm like a neutral person. If anyone out there needs someone so to So like talk a nutritionist. To, yeah, I'm like a nutritionist, but if anyone out there needs someone to talk to let us know how you're going listeners are we are we good can we move on now i feel good about where we're <laughs> at right. yeah well this week we're ticking off another patron request and a demand in fact uh from longtime listener caleb who wanted us to watch logan which i got to say we're on a pretty good run with patrons demanding movies that i haven't seen <laughs> that's right because fun fact billy's never seen an ex person ne- movie i've never never seen any of them of any variety no nah, this is the first one so, as you can guess, I was really connected to the characters and <laughs> I knew what everything was about. <laughs> but you had seen this one. Sure have. I saw this at the movies and everything. That's the only time you've seen it? Yeah, I hadn't seen it since. Yeah. Okay. Um, because what, like, this is a film that many people love. It's a film that I like. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about this episode, to be honest. I think I think we're going to get some uh, some lashings. <laughs> I just I just have a feeling that people aren't going to be happy with what we're going to say. Yeah. I guess let's just get into it. Logan is a 2017 American superhero film starring, of course, even I knew this, Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine. It is the 10th film in the X-Men film series, as well as the final installment in the Wolverine trilogy. Are the Wolverine trilogy related to the X-Men series? Or is it just... Look, they are, but more so the first two. Calling it the Wolverine trilogy is a bit loose, really, because Logan is so far removed from the absolute turd burgers that came before it. Right. In terms of standalone Wolverine films. I have never thought of those three films as being a trilogy. And I know that sounds stupid. Same, like, same character. Yeah. But if you wind up seeing the other two... I think you'll know what I mean. Okay, gotcha. Based on the Old Man Logan series by Mark Miller and Stephen McNiven, and the film is written by James Mangold, Michael Green, and Scott Frank. Mangold also directing. And it stars, as well as Jackson, Patrick Stewart, Richard E. Grant, Boyd Holbrook, Stephen Merchant, and Daphne Keane. First off, the Og Monster's popping up. I didn't know Stephen Merchant was in these films. Is this the only one he's in? This is the only one he's in. Seriously? Yeah. I remember being quite delighted when I first saw him. So he popped up and I'm like, Oggy! <laughs> I had no idea. No, and nor was I expecting to see Stephen Merchant in in this film. Well, neither was I, but to be honest, now that you- I'm actually surprised that he's not in the others because this was one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm supposed to know this character. I wasn't? No, you're okay there. Right, okay. So- I mean, you've, you've mentioned the writers-directors there. Um, James Mangold, he also directed The Wolverine. Um, Mangold is also responsible for Night and Day, which could be the worst film I've ever seen. Wait, uh, can I just confirm that's Knight and Day? 
Quite right. One. Quite yeah. right, sir. Yeah. Yeah, not a good film. <laughs> oh, man. I saw that film with, with some friends of mine. I was around at their place, and these people watch, like, one or two films a year, and when Night and Day is what you put on, I can understand how you would think- that watching movies is a bad thing to do. <laughs> that is a horrible film. Just horrible. Well, he was he was nominated for an Oscar for this film for Best Adapted Screenplay. Yeah. So he's come up in the world, given that Night and Day was literally only, like, one before this. Yeah, thank God he just keeps getting work. <laughs> so the, the timeline... Uh, th- like, this won't mean anything to you, not having seen anything else. No. The timeline's pretty- And, of course, with that that cut in the X-Men films post X3, the last stand, and then going into the- And then they went to the past. The kind of they? new ones, yeah. And the timeline just goes- I mean, it's all, it's all over the right, shop. Right, because I did pick up this was the future. Yeah. <laughs> I was that comprehensive. And, of course, you know, they, the, the, the newish ones tend to skip forward like a decade per film, but- McAvoy and Fassbender just look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. It's just that they're not trying that hard. <laughs> is Patrick Stewart supposed to age? The fact that he's still just him in 2029 is is pretty crazy. But they they do say in the like he's in his 90s in this film. He doesn't look it. Doesn't look it. But they do actually say they do actually specify that he's in his 90s. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, doesn't look it. <laughs> doesn't. Look it. <laughs> so at least he's. I suppose Stewart's like Professor X. Is probably placed reasonably well. Yeah. Maybe. But the the ways in which the X-Men films don't care about <laughs> coherent timelines is stunning. Well, I'd heard too that for a long time they were planning a sequel to this film, but that's now been squashed with Disney taking over and, you know, I'm assuming that the X-Men are probably now going to tie into the MCU in some way. Yeah, they'll- yeah. There's money to be made there, so yeah. Disney's going to do that. So the ideas of a sequel to this are now dead. And nor should there be a sequel to this. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Wolverine's dead, mate. <laughs> I mean, you could make a- I think the idea was to follow Laura. You follow- Is she X-23? What's her What's her kind of- I don't know. I, I didn't- She had a number? Oh, I can't remember. I know that X-24 was um, the evil clone. Oh, okay. That's where I'm getting that from, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. X-24 was what they called the other Hugh Jackman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> Pain. She probably had a number as well, though. I think she was made in the same lab. Yeah, exactly. She like Hugh Jackman in Les Misérables. <laughs> she has she has an assigned number. Was he Jean Valjean? Yeah, Jean Valjean was, doesn't have a number, man. Two four six zero one. Even I know that. Oh no, that's right. I was think I was thinking of Rusty. Ah. Rusty was the detective. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't have a number. Yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got your number. <laughs> that's his tagline. Just anyone, he will fight you. He'll fucking throw a phone at you, mate. So, this movie, totally fine. (laughs) I'm going to come out there and say that. It's totally fine. It's a fine movie. Nothing too obnoxious about it. It's totally fine. It's- Look, is it better than a lot of other comic book films? Sure. Totally is. Is it not as good as some others? You betcha. (laughs) It's just right there being a movie. That's the way I kind of feel about it. Like, I'm expecting people to jump down my throat because people be loving this movie, but I feel like I'm on a similar wavelength to you here. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. Like, I like I like this film. 
I like it. It's fine. <laughs> so the thing for me about this movie is I think it had been overhyped for me because obviously I'm now seeing this two years late. It was nominated for an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. People are raving about it. All I've heard is, you know, this movie. You, and of is, course, you don't have existing hype. I don't. From, that's right. You don't I have an seen attachment the, the to films. these characters or actors in these roles. That's correct. And also, I'm going to add to my Tom Hanks thing. I'm not a mad Hugh Jackman fan. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Maybe the most likable person on earth. Not for me, man. There's something about him. What? Don't like him. Well, you haven't seen him scrag enough people as Wolverine. <laughs> That's your problem. <laughs> but so this movie, to me, all I'd heard was about, you know, it, it totally turns things around. It's not a superhero film. It's a Western. It's a noir. It's this, this is totally a cheesy superhero film. And it's got some good elements in it. You know, there's a lot of homages to Western films. That doesn't make this a Western film. For example, really, really enjoy the soundtrack. The score is a real throwback to Westerns. Doesn't mean that the fight scenes are... It's, it's just a superhero film. And it's weird tonally to me, this film, because you do have huge segments that just really focus on outlandish, ridiculous stuff, right? Which, I don't know, it, it didn't really blend for me a lot of the time. Um, I really like the opening scene. I think it does quite a good job of placing you in the film and letting you know this is what you're going to be watching. You know, this isn't the PG X-Men films. Yeah. Of the past. And I think it's quite a good scene, actually, the the carjacking. Yeah. Um, I quite like that. Um, I think it's maybe a bit too showy. It's like we really want you to know that in case you didn't know this was an R-rated film coming I, in. I know. We really want you to know. By the, by the 15th F-bomb, I'm like, I get it. You can say fuck. But it doesn't mean that you need- Like, I don't believe Charles Xavier would say fuck as much as he does in this movie. Like, for the Wolverine saying it, I'm like, yeah, sure. He's old man Logan. He's cranky. He's a mean motherfucker. I get it. And even in the old X-Men films, Logan, he does kill people in those Yeah, films. yeah. Like, in X2, he murders the shit out of yeah. a bunch of people. There's a lot of stuff I buy, but when you get to the point where Charles Xavier is dropping fuck, I'm like, now you're just trying to make a point that this is an R-rated film, and I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, because some of those lines- like, it's Patrick Stewart delivering it. Of course, it works as a line. Oh, it's awesome to hear Patrick Stewart say fuck. Yeah. Like- <laughs> but do I actually buy that Professor Xavier is sitting there just mouthing off? Yeah, not really. Yeah, no. But I do really like Xavier in this film for the most part. There's a certain Same. kind of poetic tragedy to Xavier yeah. losing his mind. Yeah, I think that the stuff with him is by far the strongest. I think the kind of subplot between Wolverine and Xavier is stronger, I think, than the plot between Wolverine and the little girl for me. And I wish that there had actually been a bit more of that throughout the film rather than him just kind of being this side piece for the first half. Again, early on in the film, one thing I think it does well in establishing the character or at least where the character is now, um, character being Logan, is the series of shots of him in what is now his day job and the sheer misery of that and the absolute douchebags that he carts around. I quite like that. It it does it pretty efficiently. It does it with an absolute minimum of dialogue. And now we know, okay, this is where Logan's at. This is what his life is. This is, it shows you the world as it is now as well. It's kind of familiar, yet has also kind of gone to crap. Yeah. I really do give that little section of the film credit for placing you in 
this universe as such. Yeah, I agree. To me, those are the strongest parts of of this film are the world building and the character building. And I think that's where for me is particularly in the second half of the film, it gets bogged down too much in that mutant mythos that is completely out of what we've been building. You know, because like you said, what you're building is the time and the place. I don't, I don't care so much about mutants, fighting mutants and tracking down mutants and they were being built in a lab, all that kind of crap, which I'm sure if, you know, if you've been watching since the first X-Men film, maybe that's more interesting. But to me, that takes away from what the film really is, which is almost like a character study because the stuff, and it's interesting that this film is titled Logan because how many superhero films have you ever seen that are named after their alter ego? Can you imagine going to see a Batman film called Bruce? (laughs) Now I can. (laughs) That'd be dope, wouldn't it? And yeah, I think the human elements of this are the most interesting part, which is why I don't care so much about the superhuman elements, because the other bits are done really well. Um, I, I really like Boyd Holbrook as the villain. I think he's really- Actually, everything- I haven't seen Boyd Holbrook in that many things. Every time I see him, I do think- I hope I get to see more Boyd Holbrook. So, which villain is he? Like, the one who's actually doing the hunting or the the professor who made them? The guy that's hunting him down the, yeah, okay. that he first yeah, he's good. lobs into his car and he's like, by the way, I'm a fan. Yeah. I think he's really good. Yeah. I thought he was really good in um, The Predator as well. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, just an episode of controversial opinions. Because I, I quite enjoy The Predator. <laughs> I will get to it and I probably will enjoy it a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's not good, <laughs> but it's enjoyable. Yeah. Fairly gutting moment. In this film, not talking about deaths or anything like that. Professor X, of course, being the father figure for Logan. And at one point stops his ranting for long enough to say, what a disappointment you are. Ouch. (laughs) I know. In that that accent, too. Yeah. Everyone (laughs) just died a bit inside. (laughs) I I know, right? (laughs) Oh, it's- it is- it, it is- it is heartbreaking. Can you imagine someone saying that to you? Anybody saying what a disappointment you are in a British accent. <laughs> like just, I know, it carries more heft. Look me in the eyes. What a disappointment you are. It's all right coming from you. It's <laughs> because <laughs> you don't care about don't my approval. approval. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you get to pick a film and I just dump on it, if you say that, it's not going to carry no. any weight. No. Next time I pick a film that you don't like, that should be how you open the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I need to remember that. Yeah. And speaking of father figures, Logan is also a father figure in the film. And she calls him daddy at the end, which is kind of weird. Yeah. And also not yeah. not at all earned. <laughs> no. But anyway, um, but prepare yourself, Billy. She's good. Holy, I did not expect that from you. She's good. You hate child actors. Hate them. Can I tell you something? You know why I think she's good? Very little dialogue. Part of it, too, is that this character isn't supposed to emote a lot. So not much is really asked from her. And what is asked from her, she does really well. Yeah, but it also means, because she doesn't have that much to say, she has to to show it rather than just tell it. And she's good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The one reason is that I wouldn't, that I don't completely despise the idea of a sequel to this film, is that she's good. Yeah, and we're not we're not too past it now. This is only two years later. It's not like she's you know 
in her 50s now. <laughs> Here's something I like. Good action sequence when, when the baddies do turn up to where they're hiding out and try and get them. There's this great moment where they're in the car, they're trying to get away. They go just headlong into a fence and don't just bust through it. Yes. It's fantastic. It's like, oh, the laws of physics <laughs> are here in this film. Yeah. Then, I, like, okay, and like two minutes later, the train of convenience comes along and it's like, okay, that's a bit of a cop-out. But up until that point, I really like that action sequence. And I like little Logan just fucking owning people. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I, I think that most of the action sequences are really strong. And I think that the direction of the film is far stronger than the script is. It's better than night and day. <laughs> like, I was actually- I think that the way the film is put together- is very, very nice. I think there's a lot of really well-shot sequences. The visual elements are nice. There's not that many shots here where you look at it and think, wow, that's extremely fake CG. I think there's clearly a lot of practical effects, and what is CG is realised really well in the film. Yeah, and it's one of those movies where there's plenty of things that are CG that you don't necessarily realise are CG. Yeah. Like, you could, yes, you could do it with makeup and, and certain things, but to expedite the process, they've gone, we'll do that in post. Yeah. But because of the way it's shot, you can kind of, in inverted commas, hide the CG. Yeah. One thing I was going to ask is, and you kind of touched on it where you said you don't think of these as a trilogy. Is this completely, stylistically, tonally, everything completely different to what has preceded it in the X-Men films? Yes. That, to me, seems like an issue, right? Like, we touched on it only briefly with Toy Story 4, where I thought that, you know, they could have scaled back the CG to- to make it feel more like part of that franchise. You know what I thought about that after we'd recorded the episode? My beef with what you said was? What's that? Is that the original Toy Story, and of course every Toy Story, was such a boundary pusher that it would then be a cop-out for Toy Story 4 not to continue to push the boundaries of what CG animation can do. I understand what you're saying because the first- I mean, obviously the first Toy Story was a giant boundary pusher. That, you know, that was the next level in animation at the time. At the same time, I think we've reached a point now where we have gone so far ahead in leaps and bounds that you have to stay true stylistically to what you start. Yeah, but we don't still you? don't know where the ceiling is. I know. So that's my thing on Toy Story 4. No, that's fair enough. <laughs> but does it does it not feel like an issue that this is so unrelated to what's come before it? It doesn't for me because- Like, I'm surprised. I would love to know the story of how this film actually got made. I don't come at this film- I don't know for certain, I can only speak for myself, but I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of people are on this same wavelength, that I don't actually come at this film as X-Men Volume 10 or whatever it is. If it, if it weren't for the fact that it's the same actors, yeah, it's like that, that Joker film coming out this year. It's just a standalone thing, yeah, okay. which it's not quite, but it's how I came at this film. Yeah. It just seems interesting that this is the same studio that only, you know, a couple of years prior to this butchered Deadpool, you know, really neutered him. And then here we have this film in the exact same universe. And I don't understand how it got greenlit, how it got- It just- It boggles the mind. It could be that they were like, we want Hugh Jackman for another one of these, but he's not interested in just doing another one of the same. Yeah. And so in order to get him- we're willing to do something more interesting. Yeah. Look, I wouldn't I, be surprised if that was a part of it. Yeah. And I think that's great. I do think it's more interesting. 
But that, as I said earlier, that is my issue with the film is that it still has so much of that cheese still kind of remnant, you know, and it kind of has to because it is a sequel. You follow those threads through the X-Men universe and they are cheesy and over the top. And and that, for me, doesn't blend with those really gritty, you know, more grounded in reality elements of the film is my issue. Uh, Eric LaSalle is in this movie. How great's that for ER fans? <laughs> when I saw this at the movies, I didn't know Eric LaSalle was in it. And I was like, holy shit, <laughs> Dr. Benton. You know, I've I nev- think the world needs more Eric LaSalle. Yeah, I've never seen ER. Really? I've got, I've got all 15 seasons. I've been waiting for the right time, but it seems like such a commitment. Yeah. Well, I stopped after- After Clooney left? Oh, I, I still hung around after Clooney left, but there came a point where I was like, this has gone to shit. Yeah. Early, early ER, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I romanticize early ER. Well, I'm, I was all the way into it. Yeah, I'm a mad Michael Crichton fan, so I've been, you know, it's been on my radar. Yeah. But watching it this time, I'd completely forgotten that Richard E. Grant is in it. Yeah. And so then that was just a nice surprise. That's right. He's the professor who created them. Yep. Yeah. And talking to evil Logan, he's like, down boy. And I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, isn't evil Logan just clearly going to kill you? Well, that's the thing. Evil Logan doesn't seem to follow any rules. It seems weird to me that he would listen to this one guy. Evil Logan does not care if Professor X finds him a disappointment. No. No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. He'd just scrag him in the face. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Evil Logan is a nice touch, though. I I really enjoyed Evil Logan. I wish that he'd had a goatee, as is traditional for evil clones. <laughs> but but I was on board with Evil Logan. I thought that was a cool element, him kind of hunting them down. Yeah. And then it's like, for you know, if, if you've been with these characters for film, film after film, then Evil Logan killing Professor X, that is really sad. Yeah. Because he's like his daddy. And, and of course, if you, are, if you are a fan of a bit of the old ultra-violence- then hooray for evil Logan. Because yeah. there's some brutal shit. That f- first fight between the Logans, the, yeah. lo- the Logi, if you're into that kind of thing, that's tasty. Yeah, the other cool thing about this movie is not that many bullets. Yeah. Lot- lots of slashings. Yeah. That, that, um, the armpit shot. Yes. That, oh, that's a great Because you, you know actually, how much that would hurt. That's yeah. just like pure muscle there. You feel that one. Oh, yeah. You do. <laughs> you feel it. <laughs> Um, and good CGI. Good CGI in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. As I said earlier, I think the CGI is pretty strong throughout. And not just the CGI, but the way it blends. I think all the visual elements are good. And as I mentioned earlier, the score is one of my favorite parts of this film. That final fight scene that you mentioned earlier when they're hunting them down, you know, in like the forest. You got that really cool Western-inspired score. And that's great. Uh, okay. And here's, here's, here's a nitpick. Well, it's maybe more than a nitpick. It's an issue. There's enough things like this you mentioned the score and things to kind of nod you that they're taking elements of the genre of westerns that is. I don't need them to sit in front of a western for 5 minutes yeah, and then- to drill in that oh it's like Logan's the loner and stuff. Yeah, and then quote that western later on at his eulogy. Come on. That's what I mean. I th- I think that this film has plenty of homages to Westerns, plenty of homages to noir films. It is neither of those things. It is still 
a superhero film. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is what the film is. And, and what it does, it does really well. But for example, look at The Dark Knight. That is a film that I think in a lot of ways you could watch it, you know, thinking that it's like a police procedural film, for example. There's not that many outlandish elements in it that really break the reality that it has built. Whereas this movie, I think, does. You brought up that that forest fight. One of my one of my real beefs with the film is the green serum. Like throughout these films, Logan's always had anger issues. Yeah, I don't need for Logan to be juiced up on on roids. something that looks like the goo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> circa early nineties um, movie. We call it the, the ooze. ooze. Don't call it the goo. It's the ooze. Thank you very much. The secret of the ooze, indeed. <laughs> I don't need Logan to be juiced up on the ooze to be angry and kill people. Yeah. He was doing that when the films were PG. Can can we fuck that ooze right off? I'm not here for it. They were giving it to him little bit by bit to heal him earlier. Wouldn't he have been better to just take little bits so that it lasted longer? That was my thing as well. Don't 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 rate it. Don't rate it. Then of course in the we get we get another fight with the Logans, which is good because you see Billy in some ways Logan's always been fighting himself. Oh, fuck, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. You see? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's good. I get it. Wow. It's like the real villain is inside all of us. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. There's no greater enemy than the enemy within yourself. There is nothing to fear but Hugh Jackman himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel that way because I don't really like him much. What? <laughs> This film should have ended the X-Men films for now. So since like the then- last, The was, last two X films. What was are, the one before Dark Phoenix? So I didn't see Dark Phoenix, nor did anyone else, as far as I can tell. Um, before that, we had Apocalypse, which was fucking bad. Yeah. Now, I do not like Days of Future Past nearly as much as a lot of people. Yeah. I really don't actually like that film. Um, but a lot of people do. Okay, yay for you. Um, this should have ended- the X-Men films for now. Yeah, okay. In, re- in retrospect, like, it clearly should have. Just because it's the strongest finale to end on? Yeah. And what came after was crap yeah. that no one cares about. So, on the strength of this, do you want to see X-Men films, though? Go- do you want to go back? Well, yes. If I thought that they were all of this style, of this tone, sure, I'd check them out. But knowing that this is so far removed from them, it doesn't inspire me to go back and watch them. Because if if what this has kept from those films is the super cheesy elements that I didn't like, I don't know why I would. If anything, really what the first X-Men and, like, the first couple show you, in, in terms of, like, a retrospective, the most interesting thing is probably actually where did the MCU come from. Yeah. Because X-Men, the first one, really is, yes, we had Batman, we had Blade, we did have other- superhero films. Yeah. But the launching point for the current saturation is X-Men. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I remember that I remember X-Men being a big deal when it came out. Yeah, so if you wanted to go back just out Although, of interest, actually, what was first, X-Men or Spider-Man? Because Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man X-Men was really X-Men was. Really? Yep. X-Men was either 99 or 2000. That sounds right actually. Do you think that this film really did do as much as people say it did for the comic book genre? Or do you think we're still yet to see that? Do you think that's more like, you know, with the announcement of Marvel now going with Blade, are you suspecting that Blade might follow in a similar tone to this? And they've already said that the Black Widow film is going to be R-rated. 
that's interesting for films like that to actually tie into the MCU. It is, and I do actually find it really surprising that Black Widow yeah. would, would be R-rated. Do, and do you think that that is in some part thanks to the success of Logan? It may well be because Logan was, I don't know what it did at the box office, I haven't checked, but that was like, that's a successful film. Yeah. So certainly it's one of those things like Deadpool that has put down the marker that if this is what you want to do and there's a good reason to do it, you're still going to make money. Yeah. Which I suppose, yes, gives Marvel license to do it. And there's a pretty big difference between the type of R film that Logan is and the type of R film that Deadpool is. Yeah. Whether the MCU will want to go more comic book-y like Deadpool or want to make more things that are, you know, hashtag gritty. I can't can't really see the MCU doing that because- you know, they don't veer from their set style. Yeah. Look, maybe I missed the point, but I didn't find this film gritty. <laughs> it, like- You need a claw to the armpit, mate. Like, sure, you can throw some violence and fuck bombs in, but that doesn't that doesn't make a film gritty. If you look at this and then The Dark Knight and you say, which film is grittier, you're going to say The Dark Knight, even though it's only an M-rated film. Like, I, don't, I, I wouldn't call this film gritty. At least they go- and it's great that they go the dirty future Yeah, in Logan. Uh, always a good thing. Love a dirty future. So, as I said, lots of stuff I liked, some things I didn't. Overall, I'm giving it a six. I might stray to a soft seven. Yeah. If, I li- yeah, I like it. If this was an MCU film, it'd probably be in my top ten, easily. I don't think it's as strong as some films, just in terms of what it's trying to do, but- yeah, I, I'd recommend it, definitely. It's one of my favourite comic book films. I just don't like comic book films as much as a lot of other people. See, to me, this isn't as strong as, say, Kick-Ass or, I don't know if you saw James Gunn's Super. Like, if you're talking about a gritty, more grounded superhero film, they're the films I think of, which I think is why I found this a bit... <laughs> Kick-Ass, grounded as. <laughs> well, I don't know. In the universe it creates, yes. Whereas this kind of flips between what it's trying to do, I think. Anyway, what are we going to do next week? We're still on the patron train next That's week. Right, and our patrons fucking hate us. A betrayal. <laughs> next week we have a betrayal. Yeah, we do, because some <laughs> has requested that we watch uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. A film that I have not seen because it's oh. meant to be the worst. Here's the thing. Not only is the demand of watching this a betrayal, the film itself is a betrayal because as a fan of the original series, which by the way is getting a live action Netflix series remake, the series is so good. Like it is astoundingly good. Not just for a cartoon or an anime, like just as a series, it is good. And this movie was so garbage. And I, like many other people, had tried to forget that this existed, and now we're being forced to watch it again. Mm, can't wait. Oh, it's going to be... I don't know. It's, it's not going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show and demand that we watch something like Logan or Last Airbender, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. Go watch a movie. That's me with my Wolverine claw. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Serves you right for trying to be amusing when you're just not. Such a dick. Right, let's start again.